Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content. You'll find anywhere. Uh, appreciate everybody for jumping in here with us. We're talking about recruiting tonight and the possibility of a flip of KJ Bolden. Dustin brought up the other point that I wanted to get. If we don't get KJ Bolden, who are the other big names that you're saying to yourself, man, it's really a possibility. I think uh, confidence on the Ryan Williams thing is 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 a little, it's waned over the last couple of days. Does anybody feel like the freeze five actually makes it to campus here. Oh man, it's 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 interesting. I think people were 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 letting their hope shine through, right? Mm. <laughs> With the Ryan Williams thing. Uh I mean, that was ultimate bug type fit, guys. Like <laughs> he's going to reclassify and then change the Auburn with an extra middle finger to Alabama would have been amazing. Uh but yeah, uh I think that was a little bit of an extra bug there. I had, I had not, like, I know there was a lot of talk around it, but, you know, the people I knew that weren't able to give me anything solid that said it was going to be positive for Auburn. I'm not saying that it won't be, but, but yeah. Yeah, well, the way that he talks, he says, um, he talks like Walker White and Perry Thompson talk about us when he talks about Bama. He says we and us with Bama. When he refers to Auburn, he says they. Um Kind of a small tail there, man. If a guy is is that close to flipping, uh, he would. Uh, Ryan talks like a guy that's pretty solid on the Bama. And then um, Blake Robinson said those type of QBs cost money. I couldn't disagree more with Dustin. Spend the money on both lines of scrimmage and wide receivers. Blake, that's what I was saying, buddy. Um, I, I, I agree with you. That's that's what I was saying. I would rather us uh, build up the the resources around Peyton Thorne because I don't see a guy out there in the portal. Um, that's an obvious slam dunk. And like you said, Blake, those guys cost money. So that's uh, that's not what I said. Well, let's go here to the chat and see what people are saying tonight. Got a lot of great conversation, a lot of it centering around some stuff that we don't really want to get into. But I do want to shout out Drake Barefoot for gifting 10 memberships to folks out hey. there. We appreciate Drake, as always, for coming through, dropping that. Somebody has a free month of the Warport membership, courtesy of Drake. Super chat here from Antonio Smith. It says, I agree, but the powers that be are going to give it, give him four years if next year ends like this year. 
you know how impatient they get, especially if Bama wins the national mm. championship. It's so not gonna give not, well, well, yeah, he's not gonna get four years if 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 we end up six and six again and we drop a game to a New Mexico state and Bama wins a national championship. Yeah. Is that the convergence of events that that doesn't get Hugh Freeze to four years? Uh well his 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 contract is set up for them to be out yeah, scot free yeah. after year three anyway. I mean yeah. So I think he's got three years, and then it's just got to be clearly moving forward in year three. So, like, if you can't get to eight, nine wins by year three, then, you know, it's going to be tough, especially in a new SEC where you've got two more juggernauts coming into the, to the, to the conference. What you got, Dustin? Um, there is a world where I've seen Brian Harson's name floating around for the uh, Nevada job. If Brian Harson gets the Nevada job, and then what happened with Nevada, what happened with New Mexico State, then Hugh Freeze's ass will be out of here. We, oh, you, New Mexico. He was getting put around for New Mexico. Right, that's what I'm saying. And, and if New Mexico comes into Jordan Hare with Brian Harson, that would speed In that world, that accelerates Hugh Freeze's timeline a whole lot. Yeah, I think New Mexico ended up hiring Did somebody they? else already. Uh, Bronco Middenhall. Bron- Bronco oh, Mendenhall, oh, that's oh, right. Bronco Mendenhall. Oh, there he is. Yeah. He, got, he got the New Mexico job. Why is that so familiar? Because yeah. he's been around football for years. He used to coach uh, Boise State. Was he Boise State? Been everywhere. He played at Boise State. I don't think he coached there. Okay. I don't remember where he but he's he's had a couple of coaching stops, but I think he was at Virginia, if I'm not mistaken, at one point. It might in time. be at Virginia, yeah. That's where I that's where I remember uh, him from. Okay. Yeah. So uh but I think he played at Boise. Um but yeah, so I think you know there is a universe where um he could you know have some sort of issues and be out by year four but it's gonna be have to, it, there's a lot that's got to happen to make that be a thing um royce butler says d-line recruiting hasn't been historically bad there just has been a mass exit of, of kids before they were ready to see the field um i don't know i don't know i mean like if you think about the exodus of kids that have have left the program Outside of Lee Hunter going to uh, UCF last year, how many of those guys that left before they had a chance to see the field really did anything elsewhere? I would say, and, and this is where I always caution people about you looking at recruiting rankings. Just because a kid was highly recruited and people were excited about him doesn't mean that they were any good, mm-hmm. right? And like, yeah, we saw some people who had high star rankings. Calvin Ashley out there on the offensive line. Byron and, Coward. Um, Byron Coward, yeah, like, Byron Coward wasn't a bad football player. He wasn't the most highly rated defensive player in the country good, though, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we landed the best defensive recruit in the country that year, but did he pan out to be that guy? No. Even when he went to Maryland, he made it to the NFL. He was a rotational guy, right? We had, um, what's the kid's name? Uh, No, Jeffrey Emba, right? He was the number one defensive line recruit out of JUCO. He barely saw the field here or at Purdue. He had eight tackles. Right. So we're, we're, we, I, we get sometimes enamored with this stuff, and it's like, ah, oh, man, they didn't get a chance to see the field. Well, maybe they weren't that good. It's possible that if you're watching yeah. guy, and this, this is a lesson that we, and I, I won't say we, I am learning more and more, you know, through the Bo Nix years, right, of like, gosh, is there nobody better on the bench? The answer to that question was no. No, there was nobody better on the bench. That's why Bo was starting, because the other guys weren't as good. Like, let's be clear. They may have, with more 
game opportunities gotten better over time. The guy who was best to start day one was Bo Nix. And we saw the other guys get opportunities to start, and they looked worse than Bo Nix in their first snaps. And he looked in his first. So, yes, he was the best option out there. So sometimes, yeah, the coaches actually get this right. Sometimes they get it miserably wrong, right? We have seen some guys leave here, and they have not played well. And so you – but if we're being honest, the coaches have gotten it right more than they've gotten it wrong. The misses have been pretty astronomical, though, right? <laughs> like when you miss sometimes, it's like, whoa, y'all really missed this one, bro. Like how did we let this kid get away? Um, and so sometimes you got to kind of understand that that's a thing. But to the point about the defensive line, yeah, we've seen some guys leave, but those guys didn't light the world on fire after they left Auburn, mm -hmm. man. Like Auburn wasn't the problem there. It was that young man. Yeah, I think uh, so, just I, worth it. If uh, to your point, Ike, like I know you're talking about a guy like Sledge, right? If you're not cracking, I started talking about him earlier in the week. Um, mm -hmm. When you're this thin at defensive line, like we have been, if you're not cracking the rotation, we got to kind of ask why. And it start it starts with recruiting. We don't have the guys right now, especially up front. Yeah. Mm. Um, I haven't seen. Did anybody see Bird Eye jump in here? I didn't see nobody say congratulations to him. I'm going to keep talking here, but I just I want to make sure I'm not missing it while I'm doing all of this uh, scrolling through comments. Uh, let's get some more comments in here. Brad Browning says, "I said it last night on Dustin's show. Coach Hugh Freeze missed out on Matt Luke. Could have gotten rid of Montgomery, got Luke, and took over play calling. Could have instantly improved the O. So." I don't know if you've already addressed this, um, uh, the missing out on mm -hmm. Matt Luke. Um, did he miss out on Matt Luke or did Matt like, I don't know that Matt Luke wanted to be at Auburn. So like, that's not missing out on somebody who didn't want, it's not like he wanted to be here and then they just couldn't come to it. Like, I don't know. Did, did he miss out on Matt Luke? Uh, I'm not sure. The point I made on this last night was I'm not sure which way we do go with Montgomery, but I would like whatever we do with OC, um, I just want Hugh Freeze to be in charge. So whoever whoever that they put and give him the title, offensive coordinator, I really don't care. I want the OC to be Hugh Freeze. Hmm. Mm. I, I feel that. Listen, uh, uh, Hugh Freeze is one of yeah. the better play callers that is in college football still, right? Like he might not be in the top 10 like he was, you know, seven, eight years ago. He's in the top 25 of play callers out there in college football as far as I'm concerned. Oh, so sure. um, your offense makes things go. Let's see that offense go out there and make sure. it go, right? Whether you have some combination, I don't care what the, the play design and all that kind of stuff, who's calling the plays. As I've said this many times, play calling is more art than it is science. And some people know how to they 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 when they are on the canvas it looks very different like a very different piece of artwork and coach Hugh Freeze I think just kind of has that you know when to call the certain plays at the right time how to set people up from play one to play 25 of the game right like I went back and I looked at the Georgia film and I looked at because I was putting together if you guys didn't see on the Instagram we put out a uh, top five plays from the offense last season I looked at Peyton Thorn run and I actually went back and watched the plays leading up to that. And I was like, oh, that was available like from play two of the game when they handed the ball off to Jarquez. Somebody was like, they're not playing Peyton on the key. Like, like literally nobody – if go back and watch the – if we're, we'll, we'll do a watch the film. This is a promise I have to you guys because, surprise for the members, I actually got the all 22 from the Georgia game. So we are going to mm. do a watch the film on Georgia with Let's all go. 22. If you're not a member – 
be a member soon because we're going to go look at that. But from play number two, I was like, oh, it's there. They just got to call it. And when they did call it, you can see nobody on Georgia's defense was committed to stopping the QB run. They were all focused on Jarquez Hunter, Jarquez Hunter, Jarquez Hunter. So when he pulled, there's nobody out there. He had literally, they just basically opened up a highway and was like, please drive a truck right down this lane right here because nobody's going to be there to stop it. And they took advantage of it for 61 yards. Um, But that is, that's what play, that's what play calling is. It's not every drive is successful. It's me understanding, oh, this is how they're attacking us. I got a counter for that. And you start to see those counters work later in the game. That's where you see successful defensive play callers changing their tendencies and being like, okay, we're going to, that's art. You just kind of have to get that, and you have to be able to do that stuff on the fly. And some people are savants at it, and some people are absolutely Mike Bobo. Um, <laughs> Damian Smith jumps in and says, fans or boosters, fans may be more merciful than the boosters will be. That's interesting. What, what do you guys feel like that? Is, who's going to have more mercy here, the boosters or the fans? The boosters, in this case, because this is their guy. Mm. I agree. This is their guy. They put their money behind them. So this is their guy. They're going to be patient with him. Um, I see him in here. Bird Eye War Damn Eagle says, thanks, my guy. He is here, so you need to be doing the necessary. Make sure you go ahead and send us your information, business at the War Report, and we can get your mug over into you via the mail. Again, business at the War Report, we need your physical address to make sure that we can get that mug over there to you. Appreciate you for being a watcher. And then, you know, congratulations on getting your mug. A couple more comments in here. Uh, let's see. We've got James Barnett who says Auburn will finish up a top five. Remember a few months ago, Trevon Reed hmm. said top five. I'm rolling with yeah, him. Yeah, Speaking of a conversation Mike G had with him at um, Big, Cat. You know, Big Cat weekend. Mike, you know, pulled Trevon to the side and he was like, hey, man, you know, is Auburn going to be able to get into da 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 where we going to finish up? He said top five then. Uh, and this is when Auburn was outside the top 25, I think, at the time. I mean, we weren't even anywhere uh-huh. close. And he was like, nah, we're going to finish top five, bro. Like, we was like maybe barely in top 25, something like that. Uh, not close to it. He said top five then. Uh, it's looking like Trevon was prophetic here. You only need what? KJ, you only need KJ Bolden or Nelgen McCray? K, yeah. KJ Bolden will p- put you dangerously close to the top five. Matt, yeah. 20, if you go by 24-7, KJ puts you right on the right at five. Yeah. And if you get KJ and LJ, you jump Bama and move to four. Yeah. And then if you get I, I did all the math on that. I was booging heavy for recruiting. Uh, if you get Sterling Dixon, if we have every recruit that ever was created exactly. in the class. If you get all the if you get all the rumor mill players, you get number yeah. one because it'd be LJ, KJ, Sterling Dixon, and then I did the math for a reclassified flipped Ryan Williams would also put you the, would put you at the number one class. That might be that might that's an out of reach level of thing though because confidence in Ryan KJ, LJ, MJ, every J, just all the J's. Bring them in, baby. Let's do it. Uh, KP says Auburn fans are never patient. Uh, it depends on yeah. which. Uh, so here's the thing. Here's the thing I want to say too. Get stop. There are corners of the internet where people huddle and they spew their toxicity on one another, and you guys have to like pull your brain out of that fog every now and then and see that there's a fan base mm. beyond the very loud, toxic people. 
to realize the fan base is actually a lot broader and, and it feels like a lot because it's like 30 people and they're really loud and they talk a lot. And if you only listen to those 30 people who are really loud and talk a lot, then you'll feel like Auburn is in this very limited Oh speed. man, no kidding. Right. I the 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 vocal minority and, and then people think that that represents the entirety of the fan base. Yeah. And it's really frustrating. It is. So, you know, we hear the negative voices a lot louder than the positive ones uh, sometimes when it comes to, and I'm talking about the, the you know, non-constructive <laughs> negative ones. It's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It does come down to Listen, the fact man. that you are watching, you know, Alabama, Georgia, and LSU all be at the top of the sport. And then you're trying not to watch Ole Miss pass you by, which I don't think that's going to happen. Anymore. I got fried for saying that game was a toss-up. Dylan, everyone's like, you think we're going to lose to Ole Miss? You trying to marry a hottie toddy? He was like, I got accused of everything under the sun. They lost. It, I, like it, I told you. I say, just not to say the Auburn fans can't be patient. It's just hard watching as a fan to watch mm-hmm. Alabama continuously be at the top of the sport. Georgia, get there and stay there. LSU is consistently always up there. Ole Miss is at at the same tier as Auburn is right now, and just watching Auburn just kind of sit in stagnant water for I want to say at least since 2017. That's that's where that probably comes from. And the vocal minority are just people who are just insane. You can be impatient without being absolutely annoying. You can be like, well, I would love it if Auburn just did this. You know, what, what if we just like get one a natty? What if we just beat Bama? What if we just did this in like the first couple just of years? Just one a natty, like casually. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that without being like, without harassing people on yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. Like, I, I, I book with my friends all the time. Like, you know. Hey, listen, my, I, I'm, I, I've championed the book chair. I don't care if people feel bad or, or feel a way about me being open with my fandom. I don't care. Whatever. I, yeah, Auburn's going to win every game next year until I watch them play and I'm like, eh, not really. But, you know, <laughs> listen, right now we're undefeated for the 2024 season. So let's keep it that way as for as long as we possibly can. Yeah. But yeah, like again, there 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 are definitely people who on on uh, there are people who book way too hard, and Auburn's amazing, and they can do no wrong. But a lot of those same people, when Auburn does something, go absolutely to the other end. Like they go into a very dark place very quickly, and every player is a bum, and the coach needs to be fired, and. We need to get rid of the AD and start all the way over. And I'm never wearing orange and blue again. I'm selling all of my season tickets and every bit. Like it just goes into this real weird space where it's like, whoa, slow down. It's okay. You're allowed to lose a football game. You're allowed to lose a basketball game. Your baseball team doesn't have to go to the College World Series every year. It's okay. None of these coaches are terrible people who don't have the best interests of players at heart. Like it just, it gets into this very weird and toxic space where everybody has to throw the most negative thing they can. And, and they say it with their chest so loudly and proudly, like they actually know these coaches and players. And it's like, y'all don't even know what you're talking about. Like, again, I mean, like the narratives that persist around some of these players are crazy. And I just don't even understand it. Um, 
Barando says, do you all think we have any coaching changes, offensive coordinator, or maybe Hugh taking over play calling? Dustin's already quasi-addressed this as far as he thinks there should be a change, at least in play calling. Anybody else have thoughts on coaching changes coming up? Yeah, Hugh Freeze is responsible regardless. So <laughs> make the right decision. <laughs> if I had my pick of the letter, uh, looking at across the board, if we were to change at coordinator, specifically the office of coordinator, I wouldn't mind Hugh going fishing in his old stomping grounds of Liberty and mm-hmm. getting Willie Corn, who... Willie Corn has been thrown around quite a bit. Who mm-hmm. ran, who almost ran for 4,000 yards last year for Liberty. I wouldn't mind having having a guy who can specialize in the run game while Hugh freezes the RPO. Basically, you have two OCs, but one of your OCs is the HC kind of thing. And I've also people saying promote Caddy to offensive coordinator as well. Which? What about Ken Austin? What do you think about Ken Austin, Dylan? <laughs> RIP pass game. Caddy's <laughs> offensive coordinator. I I mean, listen. If, if he's coordinator in title, but yeah, I mean, that's calling plays, and I don't really care. Okay, about okay, but I mean, what's the point of that? What's the point of uh, unless you just are worried that Caddy is going to leave? And you need to get another running back coach in here to help you. Like, I don't understand the purpose of moving him from the running back coach spot mm-hmm. unless you just want to get him more money so he doesn't leave. Like, I'm just trying to understand that philosophy. I, I wouldn't mind Ken Austin. I'd be kind of the same thing as promoting, promoting Caddy. You're just kind of keeping around a, around a guy who kind of has the same kind of has the same. Well, Ken Austin would be having the same kind of scheme as Hugh Freeze and kind of meshing well probably meshing better because he's worked with Hugh Freeze longer. So chemistry-wise, that probably would work out best. Uh, but if I wanted to get someone who could balance out the run game a lot, have Hugh Freeze be more of the passing passing game coordinator and having someone else step in as the run game coordinator and then kind of balancing that out. That way your offense isn't as predictable because you don't know who's calling plays at any given time because you can run the same mm-hmm. formations and have the same plays or have different plays for those formations. So you can you can run a play action out of the out of the – out of the shotgun, but you can also just hit him up with a halfback dive out of nowhere and then have your offense looking awesome. Indeed. Uh, Jet jumps in and uh, Jet, excuse me, jumps in and says, Ole Miss bowl game, hmm. the closest they'll get to ATL. Oh, I mean, historically, listen, yes, they, they, they no longer can capture an SEC. Wet. I this is something that I predicted and I told Ole Miss fans mm-hmm. a long time ago, they would never win a divisional title. And lo and behold, the SEC West doesn't exist anymore, so they can't do that. Ah. Um, and so will they ever make it to Atlanta? That's a different story. I don't know the answer to that. But SEC West title, not something that you guys can hang the banner for. Get over it. Um, it is what it is. Tulane right. has yeah. one more SEC titles than Ole Miss has. Big facts. Sawani <laughs> has more SEC titles than Ole Miss. Sawani. <laughs> All right, y'all, we are going to get out of here. We appreciate you jumping in here with us. Uh, Before we get out of here, Dylan, uh, you were the last in. I will give you the first Exodus intro or Exodus whatever of yourself. Tell the people how they can check out the work that you're doing for Auburn Sports. Yeah, you can go check me out on Twitter or X, whatever you're wanting to call it these days, at Yaboa Tank, at Y-A-B-O-I, the tank, to catch all of my hot takes and all of my uh, pushing of buttons I like to do with other fan bases around college football and college basketball as well. You can also catch me on the College Loop. Episode comes out tomorrow at 8.30 in the morning. I get subscribed there at the College Loop at, I don't think I need to spell it, the College Loop uh, every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday live streams as well. 
Indeed. Dustin, talk yes, to sir, my social handles right there. You can follow me. We've got a whole bunch of recruiting stuff coming out. This is my favorite time of year, man. Like recruiting, signing days right here. And now we got basketball tipping off. I love it. So follow us over at the Up Tempo podcast for knocking on the door of 1500 subs. If you're not a part of it, man, come join. We'd love for you to uh, come join the family, bro. Uh, we have a good time. It's me and my boy Blake. And yeah, bro, uh, let's go ahead and watch this uh, this Central Phoenix game. We got two studs. We got two two studs. I had some people asking me in the comments. I saw, is there any way uh, they, they live in Florida? They were asking if I found any way. No, there's nothing. Like it's on PBS instead of Alabama. If you're living in Florida, you're going to have to go online and watch it. Um, I was doing that before we started recording. So I got to go check that out, man. Two ballers that we got on the way. And appreciate you, Ike, man. It's been fun, bro. Four damn eagle. Absolutely. Everybody knows what they need to do before they get out of here. Share the video with somebody else. They can rewatch it later. Go ahead and give us a thumbs up on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We're at The War Report on Twitter and Instagram, TW Report on TikTok. Until we get back to you guys on Friday with another morning drop, we are out of here and we appreciate you guys jumping in with us. Until the next time, and as always, War Report.